Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org, where you will find several speaker feeds with over 800 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. The opinions expressed on the Light a Candle podcast are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Tony. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> great. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Tony, a compulsive overeater restrictor. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Um, when I was um, asked to speak, I was um, <laughs> I was in New York City, and I had reached out to fellows before I went because. Um, um, I haven't I hadn't been back to New York since I have been able to eat gluten and I um, had a fear that I was just going to just 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 fall into a bucket of gluten and like not make it back on the plane like that's that's the way it was in my head I was just like I'm gonna who knows what could, is gonna happen and um, so when I was asked to speak I was like yeah sure how long's the share oh <laughs> I'm just going to say yes. So um, I, I'm just going to ask my higher power to speak through me so I can be a channel of light and love and I can be of service. Um, happy birthday to the people with the birthdays. Um, one of the things that I noticed when I first got into program that, um, that confused me a bit was, you know, we have these chips for the newcomer for 30 days, for 60 days, for 90 days, for one year, and then after that it's like, Um, And that um, kind of extra support that's there at the beginning, because we get how tough it can be to make it um, and how much we want to lift you up for getting there. Um, And that was just something that um, stood out for me. So, um, okay, so what I want to share a bit about um, what it was like... um, I um, I felt when I was growing up that I had a um, confusing dichotomy going on of being modeled um, this example through um, my mom in particular of um, like Black Panther, I am woman, hear me roar, feminist, strong, you can do anything, and at the same time, um, there was a history of bulimia, and I'm not enough, and if um, I can make this dish be perfect enough, then it can seem as if we have everything together, and the presents need to be perfect, and um, I need to control everything, and especially your behavior, because um, then it means that we're going to be okay, and I have to prove to my father that Um, what I'm doing is enough and that I'm worthy of love. Um, That was, um, uh, that was a struggle for me. Um, Also, I have to say this because on a podcast you can't tell. Um, So because I have um, mixed heritage, um, when I was growing up, I had a lot of um, identity questions in terms of where I belong. 
and um, a lot of feeling as if I was that I was outside. And now that I've had some more time in recovery, I get to look at that through a different lens because now I feel that um, it was there were things that did that I can factually say happened in terms of bullying and comments that were made, etc. And there's also this default setting that I have to um, think that I'm on the outside and to push others away. So um, from um, particularly in high school, when re- recently I had family members who were asking me about what my high school experience was like, I gotta say that it was kind of it was kind of both. Like I don't I don't actually know, you know, and it's not like I'm curious to go back to a high school reunion and ask them, but. Um, <laughs> But I am. But there is this part of me that if I were to ask somebody that I went to school with, you know, what their perception would be, because I know how it felt to me, you know. And there are factual things of like not having people to sit with, you know, when you walk into a giant cafeteria, and then just like wanting to, wanting the earth to swallow me up. And um, um, and I didn't. I was not black enough for the black kids because their definition of blackness was not one that I understood and I didn't fit in with enough of the white kids because I was um, dorky and really into uh, very nerdy things. I I don't know if I can mention some of that outside stuff, but anyway. Um, um, But yeah, so they, anyway. Um, So I just, I didn't, I I didn't, um, I, I just felt so much that I didn't fit. And um, for me, um, I just internalized all of that anger and that frustration and that sadness. It just went in, 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 in. Um, And so I've said this before about how I don't know if other kids would do the, like, belly crawl to the refrigerator and, you know, open it up just to, to have the tiniest crack of light peer out, get an ice cream bonbon from the fridge, and then, like, crawl back. And then that was the game for, like, I don't know how many hours. Um, That's what I did, um, and I remember that from, like, a very young age. Um, In in addition to internalizing the um, um, pain and fear of feeling as if I was on the outside, I um, also internalized a feeling of abandonment because my father died when I was very young. And so I took that um, on as feeling as if that was my fault. Um, And that's another thing that I've gotten to um, understand as a completely, utterly different experience of how it felt to me than how it factually was. So um, to um, illuminate that for you further, um, I have a memory of his funeral, and to, in my memory, it was raining, there were umbrellas, and I was acting as a very bratty child and crying and throwing a fit. Um, I asked my aunt what that day was like, and it's a completely different thing. The sun was shining, I was perfectly well behaved, and, but, and people were understandably sad. But to me, how I felt about that day is how, like, I would have sworn on a stack of, I would have sworn to anything. That is how it felt. And then that's how, not just how it felt, that's how it was. And so that, to me, is one example how I have of how my perception is very um, warped. Um, So when um, when I went to college, as what happens with many of us, um, I just went 
I threw a party. Um, <laughs> with, um, and I got into this cycle of pulling all-nighters and um, um, having chocolate soy milk and kettle corn and um, I would act as if that was a meal and then um, this group of us, we would um, um, do these exercise videos and we would do a challenge, like we would we would all do the exercise video and we're like, oh yeah, we're so into it, binge, 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 binge. Um, and that was just, yeah, that seemed, uh, that seemed fun at the time, but I was also, um, that was also my way of, um, kind of taking out, um, the fear that I had going on. It wasn't just like, it wasn't necessarily fear of acceptance, but it was a different kind of fear because I was majoring something that I, um, truly in my heart loved and desired. And so, um, I was already jumping ahead to the fear of like, oh my God, what's going to happen after I graduate and what am I going to do? Um. And then after I graduated, it, it got worse. Um, so, yeah, after um, so um, after I graduated from college, I, um, okay, there's a, there's, I don't know if this is going to be a really awful joke, but I'll just say this. Um, there's a friend of mine who said that everybody goes through a 9-11 relationship where you learn never again. And um, were, and so for me, that happened right after um, I graduated from college. It was the first, like, big relationship that I was in. And I was so amazed that somebody would love me that I thought that I had to do anything and everything to keep that person. Um, and so early on, it was, um, it was fine. But then, it, um, but then when the red flags came up, I just told myself that... Um, well, we all have our, we all have our shit. It's no big deal. Um, even when there was this core of me that knew that this was not okay, um, and so over time, I've learned that that core of me that knows that um, this is not okay, you deserve better. Um, that gentle, intuitive goddess voice. Um, if um, if I listen to it. I may take an action that I don't feel that I'm ready to take at the time or um, it's uncomfortable for me to take. And so I've stuffed that voice down. Um, I've stuffed that voice down with food. And that's what I did over the course of this relationship. So when it turned um, emotionally abusive, verbally abusive, and then when it got physical, I was using food to just stuff all of that down because I... Um, I didn't have any faith that anyone else, anyone else would love me. Um, I didn't have faith that I would be okay in the world if I didn't have um, that person. And I thought that I was checking the boxes of what would make me okay and what would make me safe. Um, and one of those included um, keeping my feelings to myself. Like I would. Um, I, I would go and have these conversations with people where I felt like that was the loving thing to do, was for me to um, withhold. And so that, um, the same restricting that I did with food, I also did with, um, um, with love with myself, um, with communication with others. So I wasn't telling um, my nearest and dearest, like, what was really going on or how I was really doing. Um, and so it was just a, um, a shutting down and shutting down. And uh, hand in hand with that, 
I um, I started cutting myself because I felt that if I had that maybe that physical release of pain, then it would be better than what was going on emotionally. Um, spoiler alert: it wasn't. So um, um, so I'm trying. To, I, I've tried over time to remember like what was the thing that um, that shifted for me in that and. Um, I don't know. I'm just going to say it even though it may sound odd. So I had this moment when um, when I um, I was in I was in the bathroom of, of our apartment and I was looking in the mirror and I felt as if I was watching my life split into two versions. Like I was I watched another me. And that other me was, like, five, ten years down the road and was um, making a lunch for a kid, packing it up, putting the kid on the bus, then was coming back into a home and um, was grabbing a bottle of vodka, went into the bathroom and was drinking and was cutting myself. And that was what I – and, like, clear as day, that was what – that was what I saw this other Tony do. And I kind of like came back to myself for like, I don't, I don't want that. Um, and so I, um, I left the relationship. I left um, Phoenix, Arizona. I now have very negative connotations about that desert place. Um, I um, moved to New York. And over the course of um, while I was in that relationship and right after I graduated from college when I went through this very depressed period of feeling um, lost, and when I say lost, it wasn't like I didn't know what I was doing or where I was going. It was that I felt just completely disconnected from myself. That's what I had lost. Um, And that I didn't feel ready to honor what that inner voice was telling me. Over that period of time, I developed chronic migraines because my body was so um, out of sync with my heart and my soul. So the reaction was my body speaking to me very loudly, I'm in pain and you need to listen to me. Also, another spoiler alert, the body will win. Just This is what I have learned over time. Like, if I don't sit down, take a nap, whatever, the body will win. Um, so um, I moved to New York to start doing um, what I um, had always wanted to do. And not long after I moved, the migraines um, drastically decreased because I was living more authentically. Um, and while I was there, I thought the way that I was operating was that I was working three to five jobs at the same time um, and um and eating when I could, but also bragging about how, oh, it's 2 o'clock, it's 2 p.m., I haven't eaten. <laughs> like, that wasn't, no. Um, and um, and just all the while, um, the body noise was so, so loud about um, how if I didn't get this thing, it was because my body wasn't enough. And in terms of, like, preparing for an opportunity, it was never about, Um, connecting to the other person and the material, it was about how much weight can I lose um, before uh, before the thing. Um, I actually have a scar on my knuckle from where I um, 
a friend had given me this, um, I don't know, I don't know what it was, like an artichoke, like, essence, but it was essentially a, dire, a diuretic, and that it, there were these glass ampules that you would break open and drink, and, you know, and, and then, because in my head, I was like, oh my god, I have to lose 20 pounds in the next 72 hours, she was like, here, have this thing, and I was, um, I broke open the thing, and I, um, there was blood gushing anywhere, and of course, I didn't care about the blood, I cared about, I need to have this thing so I can lose the weight before, whatever, um, so, yeah, so I was so in that, um, in that cycle, and I was working with a coach, um, and telling, and talking, and body stuff was coming up again and again and again, and so she had suggested that I check out an OA meeting, and around the same time that she said this, one of my besties, um, had started going to OA, and like I said, I was in New York, so she would call me at like 7 a.m. her time because she was on her way to the um, Dawn Patrol Hill Street meeting. And when she was calling me that early, I thought she was on her way to the ER. I thought she must be sick. I thought because also that was a cycle of some of something that had gone on for her. And so when she was calling me all bright and cheery and I'm going to this meeting and it's so wonderful, I thought she was definitely in a cult. <laughs> and I was but she sounded really happy about it. And so anyway, so when she was talking about OA and then this coach was also talking about OA, I was like, Oh, this is a hmm, what do I that's a coincidence. So I started going to meetings in New York where um, they don't clap. They don't clap for shit. And, um, um, and I, um, I really did not understand how there wasn't a leader, there wasn't like a therapist who was sitting at the front of the room and who was going to say, you're going to do this, you're going to lose this many pounds, you're going to have this many calories. You need to have a conversation with your mom, like, blah, 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 blah. And I definitely didn't understand how I was supposed to speak after someone had just talked about going through chemo treatment. Why am I supposed to say something about how I can't stop eating ice cream after that? I definitely don't want to say anything. And how is me talking about the conversation that I can't have with my mom supposed to help me stop eating ice cream? Like, I didn't, I didn't get it. But I just kept coming back because... Annoyingly, people kept telling me to just keep coming back. Um, so I did, and um, and I got a sponsor who, you know, miraculously and like not not coincidentally, has I had so many things in common with. Um, and one of the things that was the first um, kind of hurdle for me was um, about the was about the third step. That I, um, I was a person. I've tried not having faith in the past. I've tried being um, an atheist, and it didn't work for me. There's something in me that believes in something bigger. When I look up at the stars, when I step out into the ocean, there are different things in this world that I definitely feel that I'm not alone. There's a higher intelligence and a sense of grace that is at work in the world. Um, but I didn't, I had a really hard time believing that that, um, that force would care about, um, me eating ice cream when it has, um, refugees to worry about, when it has, um, a host of other issues 
um, my sponsor said to me that um, if I can believe that I'm put on this earth to be a channel of light and love in the world, and if the food, whatever it is, it could be a head of lettuce, it could be Skittles, whatever it is, if the food is getting in the way of that, then that's why my higher power cares, so that I can fulfill my God-given purpose. Um, that opened things up for me dramatically. So I started working with her, sending her my food, working the steps, um, and then I moved to Los Angeles um, for grad school. Um, I continued working with her until I things shifted for me and I got a, um, a new sponsor. And the experience of going through you know, when I said that when I was in New York and I was in this cycle of, like, not feeding myself, working three to five jobs, I was not sleeping, whatever, to then go through the experience of grad school and having some amount, just any amount of recovery under my belt was night and day for me. Also, because I was able to understand that I have to take care of myself first before I have anything to give, you know. So I slept. I um, made meals for myself. I would, you know, if I was doing batch cooking where I would pack snacks or whatever, and then I was better able to not only be better of service to my work, I was better able to be of service to others and have things to offer in classes. And I had had so much fear when I went into that grad school experience that I was going to basically repeat what happened in college. And that um, when I kept turning that over and... Um, and showing up to meetings, I got to have a completely new um, God-driven time while I was there. Um, that was um, that was huge for me. How much time do I have left? Oh, great. <laughs> okay. Um, so let me talk about some of the um, some of the miracles that have come my way, and and also what I do now. Um, so what I do now is I've made it through the steps. I, um, I, I make outreach calls and send text messages just because. Just um, because now I've started to build um, a different, I'm st I've started to build a different muscle and a different habit for myself. And I try to give myself room that if for, you know, all my life I've been isolating, shutting down, Etc. It's not necessarily going to, may not always feel automatic to do the opposite. But I've been in this new way of being for, um, I'm now uh, five years and a little change. So um, I'm building a new, a new skin, you know, a new, a new life for myself, right? So I have, I have my squad, I have fellows, I have a sponsor, I reach out, reach out, reach out. Um, and um, and I get to honor that intuitive voice in me. And I get to take pauses and listen. And I had an experience recently that I'm taking as a learning experience where when I have this, like, buzzy, liquid hot, have-to-do-it-now not the it's not the loving juicy goddess voice speaking um, I um, made a through 
you know, some help, I made a list of things that I can do for myself um, to feed myself joy. So whether those are going to a museum, having a dance party in my apartment, going to a movie, um, going to a comedy show, um, uh, what else do I do? Dancing, I mentioned that, but like there are things that I now do to get out of whatever the rut is and because I now understand that um, having fun is just an, as important to my self-care as my food plan. And the way that I want to operate now is that I understand that I was not put on this earth to suffer. Because that's also a lot of the way that I kind of operate in this path, in the past. I was built and I was made to experience joy. I can better show up for myself and others when I am in the flow of joy. Um, um, I pray, I meditate twice a day. Um, when I pray, I say um, a slightly extended version of the serenity prayer, which is, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference, grant me patience for things that take time, tolerance for those with different struggles, and the strength to get up and try again one day at a time. Um, I say the first step, I say the things I'm powerless over, the second step, third step, the third step prayer, the seventh step prayer, the set-aside prayer, and I read on awakening. Um, I walk my dog, I say hello to the sunshine, um, I may bookend my day with fellows, just whatever's the noise that's in my head, because frequently there is a merry-go-round of terrible that is just swirling, um, and I just um, I get to let it go. Um, in terms of other miracles that have come my way, I have had, I'm, I'm trying to like, trying to like boil this down. I have had um, the most fabulous experiences with customer service reps um, <laughs> since I've gotten more serenity. And I know for a fact the only thing that's changed is me. I mean, I am now just totally accepting that the person on the other end of that phone, even if I've waited an hour to talk to somebody from the IRS, whatever it is, that they are there, they are trying to help me, and how can we both do this together, and how can I come to it from a place of patience and love and even a bit of humor? Like, we can get through whatever. Thank you so much. Oh, goodness. Um, um, I got to have an experience where I saw family recently, and I was telling, um, um, I was telling my sponsor how, um, one of the family members I was seeing, um, I wouldn't have put her in the category of, like, a safe person to say, like, how I'm truly feeling or what's, like, really going on for me. And I was very concerned about judgment, criticism, and also that she would feel how uncomfortable I was and that her feelings would be hurt and blah, 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 blah. And um, what ended up happening was um, we had a wonderful time together, and um, she told me that... Um, she loves me. She's proud of me. She thinks the work that I'm doing is very important. She's proud that we're family, and she just wants to know how she can better support me, and um, and she hopes that we are in touch more often. A total 180 from the story that was um, that was in my head. Um, when I um, listen to other fellows and when I hear um, 
um, people in meetings, I get to understand much more how the lie that's in my head um, is not, it's just a defense mechanism, you know, that um, long ago thought that being outside the comfort zone was dangerous, right, that treated it as if that was a hot stove and we need to recoil from it. Um, and for today, I know that the, com the outside the comfort zone is where I thrive and where I do best. Um, I do want to open up some time for questions, but I just want to wrap with saying that if anybody's new or struggling, not to be to be to be to be very repetitive. Do keep coming back because through programs, if you don't like your family, you can get a whole new family in programs. You can get. You can meet people who can give you travel tips on meetings that you can go to across an ocean or can go see movies with you or can talk to you on a road trip or just open up your life in ways that you never dreamed possible. And I, um, I'm so excited to see what else comes down the road. Um, yeah, so with the time that we have left, are there any questions? Yes. Hmm. Oh, right. Repeat the question. The question was about uh, my higher power and how the relationship has changed from the beginning to how it is now. Um, I have. Um, um, so in the beginning, I had the um, a higher power of my um, growing up, which was punitive, and um, I will only give you this when, and uh, withholding. Um, and um, thanks to um, hearing what other people were saying in meetings, I got to get different ideas of a higher power. For example, like how can I treat myself the way my higher power would want me to would would treat me. Um, and um, and hand in hand with that, it's like um, what I would, how I would treat a best friend then, because I routinely will treat a bestie better than I will treat myself. Um, so I'm getting better at that. Um, um, so the relationship with my higher power now um, and how it's changed, it's expanded. Um, I now... Um, I, when I, um, I now have more conversations out loud with my higher power when I'm in the car, when I'm walking, or whatever, because I, um, I try to keep up that conscious contact more often. Um, and then when I meditate, I also do some visualizing of my higher power. For me, my higher power is a heart with wings, and I imagine myself, like, falling into it, and then the wings hold me, and, like... And then I get to feel that I also get feathers because then I'm part of the heart and that's me embracing the higher power energy. And it's a, it's a, it's a nice trippy thing that happens when I'm <laughs> sitting there. Um, so um, there's, <coughs> there's glitter involved. Um, <laughs> so that's, um, so in the beginning, there wasn't a, 
sparkly, glittery heart, and now there is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it is. Yeah. Anyone else? Great. Thanks for letting me share. <laughs>